two weeks ago, I gave a sermon and I called it um, Repent, Remove. Who has heard it? Okay. Who has not heard it? If you haven't heard it, please go and listen to it. It's something I just feel so strongly about. If there's anybody that is just sick and tired of having a thought life, an emotional life that's simply in certain ways not aligned with the truth of God, and you know it is, and you can't shake it, and you can't shake the sadness, or you can't shake the, the hole in your heart, or whatever it is, please, please, please listen to the sermon, and please incorporate it in your life. Um, I spoke about a different a process that I go through, that I go through, which is biblical and is trans- transformative. It is life-changing on how to bring these areas in our, in our thought life that's not aligned with God, to bring it to God in a spirit of repentance and being done with it, done with a capital D, like really done with it. And also, if there is a demonic alignment with it, to remove the demonic alignment. Now, people get spooked by the concept of of demon alignment with things within us. And if you are, listen, I'm not saying you're a demoniac. I'm not saying you're bad. Let me put it this way. I've told the story here when I had this behavior a couple of years ago, when I was like really obsessed with the Beatles. You remember that? For those who've been here a long time, I was like a Beatles nut job. Like, I was, it was beyond just, hey, they're a good band. It was like an obsession with me, for those that remember. And what I used to do is that I used to uh, listen to the Beatles, and I would just be transported somewhere else. I literally was just transported somewhere else. Like, in my head, in my brain, in my thoughts, I was somewhere else. So, as I was saying, when I was, like, mad about the Beatles, and I would be transported somewhere else, there was one time I'm in the car, and I'm listening to the Beatles, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm in this kind of reverie type of place in my mind. And all of a sudden, God spoke to me very clearly, very, very clearly. And he said, what you're doing right now is evil, is evil. This, this transporting that I went to in my mind when I listened to the Beatles, I really felt him say, this is evil. And it really quickened me. It was like, whoa. Like it was one of those times where he really like cut to the chase, went right into my heart. And I went, oh my gosh, Adonai, I'm sorry. And I repented of it and it went away. It, I didn't expect it to. It went away 100%. So much so that my, my affinity to the Beatles actually diminished incredibly. Like, now they're just like an okay band. Well, they're great, you know. But, you know, but it, they're just a band. They're just a band. It, it no longer was an addiction or an obsession. It, it was just a band. So I'm going to tell you this right now. 1,000%. 1,000%. What I was doing was demonically influenced. Your rabbi. While I was rabbi. Demonically influenced 100%. I only say this to let you know that when I say that demons can link up with our broken thinking that are not aligned with God, it's not, you shouldn't find it insulting. It's biblically accurate. It's theologically sound. If you're not interested in that, you might be more interested in the humanistic Jesus and not the biblical Jesus. And that's fine. But it is biblical. So I spoke about it, and uh, there's a scripture in 3 John 1, 2, which is beautiful. It says, Beloved, this is John talking as he begins his letter. I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. So he speaks about two things, that you may prosper 
and be in good health. Now, when he says, and you may prosper, he's making a distinction with the prosperity that we already have in our soul. That you may prosper as your soul prospers. Why does our soul prosper? Because we're saved. We have prosperity in our soul because we're saved. And prosperity, sometimes people think of, when they think of prosperity, they think of like monetary, they think of financials. That's not what we're talking about. When Mr. Spock said, live long and prosper, he wasn't saying, live long and be rich. That's not the prosperity. It's the prosperity, it's the fullness of life. Just as your soul already is full because you have Yeshua and he has saved you, may your life be prosperous and healthy. Now, you may think that when John wrote this, it was just nothing more than a humanistic greeting, like, hey, how you doing? Hope all's well with you. Or you could think that even this scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And I choose to believe that it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. So when the writer says that I pray in all respects that you, as in your life, not your salvation, but your life, may prosper and be in good health, I believe that that is the Holy Spirit saying, I want you to prosper and I want you to be healthy. Now I said two weeks ago, I spoke about things that are not aligned in our thinking. I spoke a lot about depression, but it doesn't have to just be depression there's a lot of areas, and this just skims the surface, of areas that are simply not in alignment with God. And you may not relate to any of this, or you may relate to some of it. But these are the areas that God says to you through the Holy Spirit, I want you to prosper. And when we have chronic Depression, chronic fear, chronic hatred of others, chronic hatred of self, chronic feeling unworthy or having a broken heart. Chronic meaning it's not just a temporary thing. We can all just struggle with a, a quick bout of depression. Something sad happens in our life. God forbid we lose somebody. We could feel sad. But it doesn't define your being. Chronic depression defines your being. If you are like that perpetually, if it's something that you just, it's just how I am, I'm like that all the time, these are things that God wants you to prosper and be delivered from. And I mean that. I wouldn't tell you this if I didn't believe it so, so strongly. You know, bitterness. We may be angry at something. You know, a contractor may, you know, not show up, you know, in something, you know, and you can be really, really angry at him. You know, it's just an unreliable contractor, you know, but it's temporary. But do you have a spirit of bitterness? Does it sort of define you? Is it something that you can't shake? I gave some tips which I use to eliminate these things. And I call them the R's. I don't call them the R's. We learned, Sue and I learned this from a ministry that we went to, which deals with these things, but deals with it from the perspective of healing. Two weeks ago, I did not speak about physical healing. Today, I will. And it's another sensitive topic because people are like, don't tell me that I could be healed. So, does anybody remember the R's? What's the first one? No. You're wrong. Good. The first one is recognize. Recognize that you have an alignment with one of these or others. Recognize it. Take a step back. Be humble. Go into your prayer closet. Take a breath. Realize it. Recognize it that... 
yeah. This, I got something here and it defines my thoughts. It defines my being. And don't think for a second that your body doesn't listen to your thoughts. Doesn't, don't think there's no such thing as a mind-body connection. So recognize it is the first one. What's the second one? Take responsibility. Susie, she knows it by heart. Who else? Well, Susie already said it. Take responsibility for it. Don't blame your past. Don't blame your mom. Don't blame your dad. Don't blame your trauma. Don't blame the person who hurt you. Don't blame your boss. These things may have caused it, but now it's on you. Now you got it. What are you going to do about it? It doesn't add any value to blame. Take responsibility for it. You know, God says he brings a curse down three or four generations, but will bless a thousand. Who here wants to be the first of a thousand generations that are blessed? And it stops with you. That's taking responsibility for it. Got it? Repent. People normally think of repentance as something that like it's an active sin, like I've sinned with my hands, I robbed a bank or I stole a bicycle or I lied or something like that. But I want to, I want to correct your thoughts on this, that if you are perpetually depressed, if you de perpetually dislike people, if you perpetually have this broken heart because of somebody else that rejected you and you can't get over it, view that just as much as a sin and go into your prayer closet with God and humble yourself and say, Father, I repent. I recognize I'm doing this. I take responsibility for it. I don't blame the husband that left me. I take responsibility for it and I repent. I repent. I repent and sincerely repent. You know, the people back in Bible times, you know, they would like do things physically in their repentance, right? They would take all these ashes and, you know, so don't go into like somebody's ashtray and do that. You don't need to do that. That's kind of icky. But the, what, what really what they did is they were being intentional with their repentance. They didn't want it to be lip service. Don't give God lip service with your repentance. Be sincere about it. Take a step back. Go on your knees. There's nothing to do with salvation. You'll be with him in heaven. This is about living a prosperous life. Repent for these things. Repent for anger or bitterness or jealousy or hatred of others or hatred of yourself. Renounce it is the next one. That means really be done with it. I could tell you in the past with some behaviors that I've had in the past that I would try to renounce it. And as I tried to renounce it, there'd be a little voice in my head saying, you're not ready to renounce it. You still like doing it. And I wasn't ready to renounce. So if you are not ready to release it, you may not view success. But you have success with this. But I want you to get to a point of being so done with these feelings that are not aligned with the best that God has for you. The New Testament speaks so much about our thought life. Be transformed. Don't be conformed to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Steffi spoke about renewal with the moon. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why would Paul speak about this? Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, think of these things. Why would he mention these things? It's because the New Testament and the writers of the New Testament want our thought life to be aligned with God. So we can live lives of victory. I'm going to see you in victory. 
And there is a mind-body connection, and we can't avoid that. Renouncing means you're done beyond done with it. In Hebrew, it's doing teshuva. It's turning away from something and really being ready to turn away from it. If you can't do that, it means you may not be done with this thing yet. I said this last week. God says, arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. Or two weeks ago. He will scatter your enemies. He won't scatter your friends. If you've made friends with any of these guys, he's not going to leave. If you get any value from these things, especially addictive behaviors, it may not leave because you're not done with it. You, you must be done with it. Done beyond done with a capital D. And then remove it. Remove it. Yes, a, a demon can just feed upon your negativity. It can feed upon your brokenness. And we can get into the legalities of it as well. Like I mentioned two weeks ago, that Satan is always up there accusing us. This is his role. Hasatan is the accuser. That's his name. He's up there accusing you, saying, God, you see what he's doing. You see what your son, you see what your daughter is doing. And God will say, get away from me, Satan. Get out of my face. May those that hate you flee from before your face is actually what the scripture says, which I like because I like it when God says, get out of my face. Like, that's pretty cool. That's essentially what God is saying in that verse. But every now and again, God will say, okay, you can, you can have this person in a way where you can align with this brokenness. This part that's unsubmitted, the part of you that's unsubmitted to God, God can allow Satan to have access to that I've said it here before, and Rabbi Peter has said it before me. You know, the serpent, his job was to eat dirt, right? That was his punishment. He was going to eat dirt. Well, what are we made of? The dirt. We're made from the earth. That's what Satan does. So God can allow that. But when you repent and renounce of it, that legal right that Satan has is gone. If this is, if message isn't for you, I give you permission to leave right now. But this is for everyone. It's for me. I do this all the time. You can re after you repent and renounce, the legal right is gone. Satan has no more legal right. That legal right was removed once you accepted Yeshua. But if we keep perpetuating, God can allow it because he is a God of law and order. And repentance removes that legal right. And then you can remove Satan. You could say, I just say, I bind you up. I break your power and I cast you out. Get away. Out. And then once he's gone, I have personally found with that, with that um, oppression gone, I can hear more clearly from God than I ever have in this situation. I have found all of a sudden I'm getting downloads from him in ways that I have not heard. Why? Because the oppression is gone, the legal right is gone, the demonic influence is gone, and now I can hear more clearly. And I'm like, oh, and I'm seeing things from a different perspective. Isn't that good? It's good. Rejoice when that happens and repeat as needed. I will be doing this for the rest of my life. Do you know that I had to do it this week because I, I realized, I knew this all along, but I never did this with that. I realized that the part of me that was not fully submitted to God was my wallet. Because I am a cheapo. 
And Susie and I, we married, where our marriage is so perfect because she would give everything away to anyone. And naturally, I would give nothing away. And I'm like, God, I tithe and I do my job according to Torah. I don't need to do anything else. So I know that my wallet is not fully submitted. I know it. So I said, okay, let's go. God, I recognize this. I recognize this. I recognize that my finances are not submitted to you. I recognize it. I take responsibility for it. I don't blame my mother or my father. And I go from a long line of sheepskates. <laughs> but I don't blame them. I take responsibility for it. and recognize it. And I repent, Adonai. I repent of not submitting my finances to you fully. I submit from having a little bit of tug on this. And I renounce it. I want to be done with it for good once for all. I want to fully give you my finances in the name of Yeshua fully. It's all yours. All things come from you anyway. You got it all. <laughs> Susie's like, thank God. I've been praying for that for decades. And I removed any demonic influence that could be aligned with my cheapness. I did. And I felt a very big weight come off of me. I felt like for once in my life that I can trust God fully financially. Fully. I say this because what I'm teaching you today, I do. And I want you to incorporate this into your life. Don't accept less than the fullness of the prosperity that God has for your life. Well, I want to talk about, and this will go up other people sideways, and I know it, and I'm ready for it, the aspect of this that pertains to health. Susie and I learned about this whole thing in a ministry that ultimately looks at um, health. And these things, not just causing us to live unfulfilled lives, not just causing us to live less than the prosperity that God wants to give us in our lives, but these things can cause illness. There is a mind-body connection. Before you get upset, it doesn't mean anybody that's sick or has something even chronic, it doesn't mean it's from this, and it doesn't mean it's demonic, okay? I'm not judging anyone here who's dealing with health issues. But if you say... I don't deal with any of this stuff, and I'm feeling sick. You know, doesn't it say in one place that if you think you're sinless, you're a liar? Let's humble ourselves and see, like, where we're short, where, our, where, where we have shortcomings, where we're not aligned, where our, our thoughts are not aligned, when our emotions are not aligned with God. We all fall into this. And it doesn't mean that it absolutely is causing an illness that you have, but I want to tell you that there is a connection between this and our bodies. Our bodies listen to our minds. I mean, medicine knows this in certain ways. Like, you know, your stress can cause migraines, right? This is easy, right? And, and you ever have your stomach tied in knots from anxieties or worry? I mean, it affects your stomach. So how, you know, you can have gastrointestinal issues because of your... Worries, you can have ulcers from your mind. And we know this. So why is it so hard to believe that these things can impact you? Now, I am not an expert in any of this stuff. I'm not an expert with like, okay, this, you know, thought thing 
causes this issue. Now, the ministry we went, we went to, they do a lot of research and things like that. I don't. Uh, I will keep it at a higher level that these things can make you sick. And if you get rid of it, you can either treat the sickness with your meds or you can treat this through that and deal with these and watch what happens to sickness, God willing. You know, the one, the ministry we go to, and I will share this right now, that uh, there is somebody in that ministry, it's called Be in Health, and it's in Georgia, and that's where Susie got this amazing healing. She had these terrible, terrible uh, neurological symptoms that were healed. She even came out of it uh, with her dairy allergy completely healed. Completely healed. And I'm going to get into that a little bit more. I, we've, you know, been a little, we've, we tell people about this ministry. I've shared the story here with the one woman, one girl named Ruti. Uh, for those that are at Messiah Conference, you may have met her there. She was locked in her basement for years, years and years and years, because she, has, she was allergic to everything. She had multiple chemical sensitivity disorder. She was allergic to everything, the sun, the trees, the grass, the air, everything. She was locked in her basement all throughout her teenage develop, developmental years in a basement lined with foil. Couldn't even see sunlight. She called this ministry, and they brought her through those R's, and she walked out of the basement. We know her. We know her. She's a friend of ours. We, we saw, we, she, she went to become an, an IDF soldier in Israel. We saw her in Israel. We spent time with her. Last year at the conference, we met her husband-to-be. She's now married. Guess what? Her husband had the same issue. He was locked in the basement with multiple chemical sensitivity disorder. Ruti told her husband, you got to go to this ministry. He went down there in Georgia for a week. He got out of the basement. He got completely healed. I'm, I'm not touting a ministry. I'm touting that there is a connection between these and getting sick. And that includes allergies. Uh, there's one story that this, this ministry, and we ha I can show you the pictures as well. Gosh, we spoke about it during the worship. We spoke about it. Um, Menachem Av, with the Av, the month that we're going into being the month of the Father. You know, there are many people who have suffered from parental neglect and have wounds in them because of their parents and because of what their parents didn't do and their parents not saying, I love you, and dad not saying, I love you. And people grow up wounded. There's this one story where um, they went down to this ministry in Georgia and and again, I'm not touting the ministry. I'm touting the process here where this family went to the ministry with their baby. It was a baby, or I'm not sure the exact age, but too young to speak, this child. And the baby had eczema all over his face, just red all over his face. So the parents brought the baby, said, here, pray for my baby. And the minister there said, which of you never told this baby that you love him? Which of you neglected this baby? This is all true, verified. And I can give you the verification, just contact me. So the mother steps up and says, it's me. I never told this baby that I love him. And the minister went, why? She said, because I wanted a girl. And when I realized I had a boy, I didn't want him. So I felt very disconnected. So the minister said, you need to repent. So she repented before the Lord. And then she went to the baby. 
and repented to the baby, who did not understand the words, obviously. But she went to the baby and said, I'm sorry, and I love you. Six months later, skin was clear. And I'll give you the evidence if you don't believe me. You know, Susie, when she went down, she went down for, um, what's the term when your body attacks itself? An autoimmune. (laughs) Autoimmune. (laughs) Susie went down with a potential autoimmune disease. And I'm not telling you if you have an autoimmune disease, it's this. But one thing that she learned is that autoimmune could, could, could be caused by self-hatred. Because an autoimmune disease is when your body attacks you. And if you hate yourself, your body will listen. So could that be the cause of lupus and other things? So again, I am not an expert on all of these things, on what ones of these causes what issues. I do want you to know, if you can get healed of these, there can be a side effect of physical healing. I pray that you prosper and you are in good health, is what John said. And I believe that you can when you get rid of these things. You know, regarding health, just um, um, this is something that I don't have authority to say as a rabbi, but you know, I take health very seriously um, as far as uh, exercise and eating well. Um, I exercise you know, five, six times a week, only half hour a day in the morning, not really much of a time commitment, but I work out hard in that half hour. And I hate it. Every bit of it I hate. But I do it. Um, And, you know, mostly strength strength and resistance training with weights. Maybe once a week I'll do cardio. And I find that the health benefit of it is astronomical for me. Um, It's good for my cardiovascular system. It's, It's good for my immune system, I believe. And it helps me sleep. I sleep a full eight hours and I attribute it a lot to that. The only thing that wakes me up is my cat. Or my bladder. And sometimes if I wake up in the middle of the night, I do have some thoughts. And you ever have your mind race in the middle of the night? That does happen to me sometimes or I can't fall back to sleep. But it happens a lot less. Um, but I do, and I do encourage anybody to have some sort of exercise regimen within the realm and the confines of what you can do. I'm not a physical expert with this type of thing. But whatever you can do, do. You know, some people have injuries and health issues. But whatever you can do, I am an advocate of it. Um, and eating right, you know, I have my... I do eat really well. I have my norm in what I eat, and I have my exceptions. My norm is very healthy, very, very healthy. I stay away from sugars and bad carbs. It's a good mix of the proteins and the fats and the good carbs, not bad carbs or sugars. That's my norm. My exception is when one of you knuckleheads want me to go out to dinner with you at Blackie's Restaurant over there in Smithfield, and I'll just have something very decadent with some desserts. But that's my exception. It's fine. But my norm is very, very healthy, and uh, I do encourage that, but... I will say that I don't encourage it for vanity reasons. Uh, if you're going to focus on uh, fitness and nutrition, do it for the health benefits, and you're already beautiful. That's the, that's the baseline. So whatever happens physically, if you have any sort of physical changes, your physicality or your musculature, then that's, that's an after effect. But don't let that be the reason that you take care of yourself. And it kind of is the same way with this. 
get rid of the worry or being just so darn negative all the time. Bring that before the Lord, and maybe the after effect will be healing. So is there any sort of biblical proof of this, or am I just speaking, you know, in the air from nothing? Well, there's a lot of Proverbs that do speak of these things, and if you can view these, you can view these things well as maybe Proverbs, meaning maxims or axioms or um, sayings, you know, but, you know, the Proverbs does say a joyful heart is good medicine. Now, again, you can just view that as a poetic proverb, or you can view it as literal from God, from the Holy Spirit. But a broken spirit dries up the bones. Like, what does that mean? Does it have to do with a broken spirit? Does it have to do with our, our bone marrow? Our bone marrow has to do with our immune system. Could it have something to do with it? There's another thing about the bones. A tranquil heart is life to the body, but jealousy is rot. I'm sorry, I miswrote that. Is rot to the bone. I mean, if anybody has any degenerative bone skeletal issues, could, there, could the root of that be a jealousy? Could it be? Could it be an envy? Could it be not being happy with yourself? Could it be that you're comparing yourself to others? Could it be that you just view yourself constantly as less than and not worthy and not good enough and you stink and you're terrible and all these things? And if this becomes part of your being, could it be the cause of some degenerative bone issues? I don't know. Just reading some scripture here. Anxiety in a person's heart weighs it down, but a good word makes it glad. I mean, when we're anxious, what happens to our heart? It's just the, the heart rate just, just goes faster, right? It can't be so good for your cardiovascular system if you're in a perpetual state of anxiety. Now, we all go into states of anxiety, so these things happen, right? But if it becomes part of your being, could it cause heart issues? Again, I'm not an expert in it, but it certainly makes sense to me. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. What is hope deferred? Hope deferred is when your expectations aren't met. Do you have false expectations? Are you waiting on something or someone or some, anything that's not coming around and you just feel sick about it? And this is where we need to exercise our faith and say, God provides all things. And he provides what we need, not what we always want. But if we're just so hyper-focused on something we want and God is not allowing it and it causes us to feel like so heavy and down because we don't have what we want, well, that's hope deferred. And the Proverbs say it makes the heart sick. Could there be a connection? Could this be literal or is it a proverb? You can decide that for yourself. I choose to believe it's literal. Or at least there's an aspect of it that's literal. And there's many places that talks about the hearts melting with fear. In this case, like water. Perhaps fear can have an impact on your heart. So, whichever of these that you're dealing with, I want you as an exercise. I want you to do it. I wouldn't bring this forward to you if I didn't love you as your servant, as your shepherd. To bring... These things, whatever it is, even if it's not on this list, before God and perform these steps. I told you I do it. I will do it for the rest of my life. Because there's always something to work on and we're never perfect. And like the Bible says, like I said, anybody that thinks they're sinless is a liar. So there's always more things to work on. But this works. And in a month that we're going into 
where we commemorate the destruction of the temple. You are the temple of God. And these are like little Roman soldiers or Babylonian soldiers that's looking to tear down the temple. So pick one thing this week in your life, in your thoughts, one thing that you know is not aligned. Your feeling of self-worthlessness, your hating of others, your bitterness, your jealousy, anger, whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is, an addictive behavior, anything. It doesn't have to be a drug. It could be anything that you just can't stop doing. I want you to do this as an exercise. Sincerely, not with lip service. Sincerely before the Lord. And the only other thing I want to, oh, just some scriptures. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. God wants your minds renewed. He wants my mind renewed. He wants your mind renewed. Life starts with salvation. It doesn't end with salvation. He's transforming us into the image of the Messiah. And this is part of it. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. You know what a cause of disease is, I believe? People keep things inside, and it eats you alive. People have their issues. They don't want to admit it. They want to put on their fake smiles. They want to say, bless the Lord. They want to come to the congregation and look pretty and happy and shiny. And they're eaten away inside. That's the realm of Satan in the dark. These things need to be exposed. Go to a brother. Go before the Lord. When go before, go before a brother or a sister and confess these things. Satan will flee from the light. He flees from the light. He loves dark. He flees from the light. You get that? He loves dark. And he wants to keep these things in the dark. He wants to keep all these things, these struggles that you're dealing with, inside of you and not let out in the spirit of confession. He wants it inside. And if it stays inside of you, it can make you sick. If you don't believe that, you're just not believing truth. It is true. It can make you sick. So repent and confess. That's why it says here, confess your sins and pray for us that you may be healed. Not that you may be forgiven. You may be healed. The only other thing I want to say about healing is a personal experience I have with this. I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm going to leave it with you, and then I'll end of some experience that I've had um, successfully when it comes to healing, especially when it comes to healing of allergies, okay? Now, don't hate me, but I believe that a lot of allergies are absolute lies. I just believe that. Now, you may not believe it, and you may think I'm full of garbage, but I do believe that a lot of allergies are nothing but lies, that there's something in you that believes that this peanut is going to hurt me and now it's in your, in your psyche, and you can't get rid of it, so now anytime you even smell a peanut, you get sick, or you, get, you go into shock, or whatever it is. So as I said, Susie got healed of a, a dairy disease. A, you know, not a dairy, I'm sorry, not a dairy disease, a dairy allergy. And, you know, she can eat, you know, ice cream and cheesecake with the best of them, as can I. 
So, you know, it's, it, was, it was gone. So why is that? So I'm just going to tell you a little bit of, of success. Because uh, when I say that I believe that a lot of allergies are lies, I do feel like the strength of the Lord within me when I say it. And there's one gentleman here. He's not here today, but, but um, his family's here. So I won't mention him by name. And he was talking to me about his dairy allergy. This is back a year ago. And I looked him in the eye and I said, do you have faith to believe that you are not allergic to dairy? That's all I said. Do you have faith to believe that it's a lie? God brings us into a land of milk and honey. Do you believe that you are not allergic to dairy? Can you raise your faith? Wherever you are, whatever the baseline is now, can you raise it and believe that you're actually not allergic to dairy? And he said, yeah, I, I believe it. I believe I'm not allergic to dairy. I said, okay, if you believe, if you've raised your faith just a little bit that you're not allergic to dairy, I want you to go home and I want you to have a teeny, eeny, eeny little bit of cheese and see what happens. Well, he went home and made himself a salad, gobbed with cheese, gobbed with cheesy dressing, and devoured it like animal from the Muppets. And he didn't have a reaction. He's in our congregation. With his permission, I'll let him share it. And he's been eating cheese to this day. A couple of months later, he told me he had a peanut allergy. Now me, being a dumbbell, did not know that peanut allergies can be very serious and that you can go into shock and you need an EpiPen to kind of get you out of it. I did not know anything about it. I don't know anything between an EpiPen and a ballpoint pen. I don't know. But he told me he's allergic to peanuts. And I looked him in the eye and I said, are you willing to believe that you are not allergic to peanuts? God made peanuts. I don't think anything he made is good, bad for you. Do you believe it? He said, I believe it. So I think at that point, I don't remember if I said, well, go have a peanut. I just left him with that. Needless to say, he, he's been having peanuts ever since. No reaction whatsoever. Much to the dismay of his wife, who was very upset with me for doing that, because it could be very serious. So, raising your faith, raising your faith to believe in the healing. So, we know when Yeshua healed people, there's a, there's a very strong commonality. Daughter, take courage. Your faith has made you well. At once the woman was made well. Matthew 29, 28 to 30. After he entered the house, the men who were blind came up to him, and Yeshua said to them, Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? that I'm able to do this. And they said, yes, Lord. He touched their eyes, saying, it shall be done for you according to your faith. And their eyes were open. Mark 10, and Yeshua said to him, go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight. There are other examples. I'm sure we know it. When it seems that there's some level of equation with Yeshua convincing the people that, yes, he can do it, and they, their faith is raised like, yes, I believe, and they're, and they're healed. So there's some level of connection between us raising our faith to believe that he can heal in this moment of, of saying, yes, I believe it. I believe you can do it. I believe it. I believe it. I, my experience, this is anecdotal. He can work with that. So I leave you with that. That's all. We're done. So, Father, I just lift this all up to you, Adonai, as it says, as the writer John said, I pray that in all respects you may prosper 
and be in health. In the name of Yeshua, I speak that over everyone. I, because this is, a, this is a verse in the Bible that means it's from the Holy Spirit. I pray in all respects that you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. We thank you, Yeshua, for the salvation that you have bought us through your death and through your sacrifice and through your resurrection, that you have cleansed us from all sin and all impurity and all the accusations that even come against us in the, in the Torah of Moshe that you have canceled and we are set free and our soul is saved because of the blood of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. And Father, for any of us who, as in our walk in the Lord, if we have still struggled with certain things and have a misaligned thinking or anything, Father, I just pray that these words just penetrated the people here and those who are listening to want to bring these to the Lord, to bring this to you humbly, to deal with these things, to be done with it, to truly repent and truly renounce and be done with it in Yeshua's name, and then experience healing as an aftermath. I pray in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. In the name of Yeshua. Amen.